past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello and welcome to The Career Confidant. We're glad you're here today. And we are going to be talking about making a career change. Everybody's talking about it. Let's talk about how you actually do it. You're going to be excited that you're here today because we're talking with Madeline Mackey, who is a career activator. So she is a certified career management coach, part of the National Resume Writers Association and Speakers Association, and she is all about career transition, career change. So Madeline, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Marie. I'm so excited to activate career transitions with you today. Yes, yes. So you are no stranger to career transition. Tell me a little bit about how you have made four career transitions in your career. (laughs) Yes. Well, it took me quite a bit to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up. My first career, I was a published biochemistry researcher. I wrote a paper on the intercalation of an H2TAP porphyrin with a 1AA2A prime DNA molecule. I'm sure everyone's read it that's listening. And after I wrote that paper, my mentors and advisors looked at me and said, wow, this is amazing. What are you going to do next? And I looked at them and said, not this. This is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. My true passion and love was the stage. But everyone said, oh, you'll never make a living at theater. You're going to be waiting tables and sleeping on your parents' couch. But being a a stubborn and naive 20-year-old, I went and did it anyway. And I spent the next 15 years working at professional theaters all across the country, including Chicago's Goodman Theater, the La Jolla Playhouse in San Diego, the Seattle Repertory Theater, and I was the associate production manager for Berkeley Repertory Theater in California. Now, after 15 years in theater, I got a little burnt out. I got a little jaded. I wanted some work-life balance. I wanted to help others. I wanted to give back to my community. And as I cataloged everything I wanted from my dream job, it dawned on me I had that job. I just wasn't getting paid. I was a volunteer for the American Red Cross. And at 2 o'clock in the morning, my phone would ring. It'd be the fire department saying, hey, we have a family impacted by disaster. Will you come out and help? And I would get up and go out and help my community. Well, I love the work. I love the organization. I love the mission of the organization. I love the people. And I was like, hey, I wonder if the Red Cross would hire me. It took some convincing, but eventually they did. And I started as a program manager. And within 18 months, I was promoted to an officer position in charge of a six-county region and a $3.5 million budget. Now, I started to tell this story, the same story I'm telling you of how I went from the lab to the stage to the C-suite. And I can't tell you, Marie, how many people would come up to me after the presentation and say, I'm not happy in my job. I'm not thrilled about my career. I want to do something different. Um, Will you help me? Will you be my career coach? Will you teach me how to write a resume? And it happened so much. It finally dawned on me of, hey, maybe this is another career path for me. So I received my certification as a career management coach, and I hung out my shingle. I started to write resumes. I started to do career coaching. And that's been over nine years now that I've been in this career path, and I love every minute of it. I think this one is going to stick. (laughs) Well, I think your clients and your colleagues are grateful and benefit so much from all of that background, right? I mean, those are not easy transitions, not that I think anyone is, but those are pretty significant changes that you've you've made. What did you find? Was there a common thread between all of them in terms of your process or your mindset? There was, because one of the things I learned when I was in theater was, you see, in theater, you're laid off from work every eight weeks. So that means every eight weeks, you have to write a new resume, you have to interview, and you have to apply for a job. And I learned having to do that for 
15 years, every eight weeks, having to go look for a job, that the job search, it's really not about me. It's about that hiring manager that's looking for something. They're looking for a skill. They're looking for a quality. They're looking for someone that's going to solve their biggest problem. So when I would tell my story in my resume or in interviews, I always made sure I figured out, well, what problem do they need me to solve? The theater needed me to get shows open on time and on budget. At the Red Cross, they needed me to prepare a million, a million people for disasters. And, of course, my clients, their problem is they need me to help them find a job. So identifying what the problem is that the employer needed was a big step for me because then I could basically be a chameleon and change myself into what it was that they needed. Right. And having that knowledge, then you also um, help your clients not just decide what they want to do, but that's kind of the, the first step, right? And for mm -hmm. you, you had these experiences kind of where you were already doing the job and then decided you wanted to, do, wanted to do the job. How do you help your clients decide what the next step looks like? We break it down into really small steps. So the first step I work with my clients on is creating a vision. What is your ideal job? So I ask them a series of questions, and we break it down from the type of company they want to be working for to the type of boss they want to be working with to the type of things they really, really like to do. And we don't look at job descriptions just yet. I just sit down with them and say, let's go through some questions. What, are, what, kind of, what size company do you want to work for? Do you want to work for a big global company? Do you want to work for a small business? Um, what industries appeal to you or are attracted to you? What kind of culture do you want? What kind of environment? You know, the big thing these days is what kind of commute do you want to work? So I have a series of questions I go through with my clients. And then once we have defined that ideal job description, um, I send them out into the world to go see if it exists. And instead of searching by job descriptions, our job titles. You know this, Marie. Job titles, people are making up job titles these days. Instead of searching by job titles, I focus on the skills they would like to use in their next job. So if they're an administrative assistant and they say, well, I love event planning. I love coordinating the events. Then that's what we put in the search box on the job boards. Or if they say they like to do scheduling, then let's put scheduling in the search box. Because then we can find jobs that focus on the skills they want to highlight. And once we find those, then we can start creating a new brand for them. Right. I love that. And, you know, titles are super important when you get to the next step that we're going to talk about here in a minute in terms of your job, um, your resume and your LinkedIn profile. But they're not a great way to, to get focused on too quickly when you're job searching. So I love that insight and just looking at the skills and searching job boards for the skills. Um, you know, there's a lot of different ways that people can think about how do they use those skills mm -hmm. and where, where do people use those skills? So that's, that's a great way to do that first initial search. So then once they've made a decision, they have to put on their resume and LinkedIn profile. And of course we've heard a lot about the importance of having the right words in your resume and LinkedIn profile to get found. So how does someone who's making a complete transition, how do they, how do they show their, their that they are qualified? How do they get those right there? Yeah, we need to cultivate the resources to prove that qualification. So the first, the next thing I have my clients do after we write that ideal job description and we find a couple of jobs out in the world that they're like, I like these jobs. I think, I think this is the type of job I want to apply to. Then I have them do a little exercise. I have them copy and paste that job description into Microsoft Word or Google Docs or whatever word processing document they use. And then I tell them to highlight all the things in that job description that they already know how to do. So, you know, job descriptions talk about collaborating with others or knowing about how to write procedures, how to use certain softwares. So I said there are going to be parts of that job that you already know how to do. So let's highlight those skills that you know how to do. 
and let's focus on that when we write your resume. I know when I went to go work for the Red Cross, I'll tell you this a quick story. Um, I applied for the job through my network because I knew a lot of people at the Red Cross since I was a volunteer. But when I got the call from HR, she was like, Madeline, I have to be honest with you. You have no experience with community relations, community outreach, program management, project management, volunteer management, business continuity, disaster response, grant management, external relations, government relations, all the things needed to do this job. So one of the first things we're going to ask you is, how are you going to do this job of preparing a million people? And so by me thinking about what it is that I could do rather than focusing on what I couldn't do, I knew that I was really good at events. I'm an amazing event manager, and having been in theater for 15 years, that's all I did was I put on a show every eight weeks. I'd put on a new show. So in the interview and on my resume, that's what I focused on. I told them, I'm going to help you train a million people by putting on a show. We're going to partner with the professional sports teams, and we're going to use their Jumbotron to put up the message of preparedness, and we're going to use the halftime show, and we're even going to use the cheer cards that you hand out when people come into the stadium as a way to tell the story of preparedness. And I created this whole plan and wrote about it in my cover letter, and I wrote about it, I talked about it in the interview, and in my resume, I talked about how I was capable of managing and organizing all aspects of events. And I said, this is how I'm going to solve your problem of training a million people in disaster preparedness. I'm going to put on a show. And so to your listeners, to everyone listening, the really important thing is as you're writing your resume is really focus on not what you don't know how to do, but focus on what are the things you do know how to do and translate that information into your resume. Now, that's going to be a little painful sometimes because that means certain things are going to come off your resume. My paper of writing an intercalation of an H2 tap porphin and a 1A, 2A prime DNA molecule is not on my resume anymore. Not because it's not um, something I'm proud of, but because it's no longer significant to the work that I'm trying to do. Right, and that's hard to let go of some of those things. And I love that you use the word translate because that just is such, to me, that is the key. People talk about transferable skills, and yes, they're transferable, but they only transfer if you <laughs> make that connection, right? They only transfer if you do that of the the translating the language so that there's a an opportunity to make that connection. And, um, you, you know, I just don't know that people really take the time to do that, to connect the dots. Um, and so that's one of the areas where I find that people really struggle. So I appreciate that and, and giving people that idea. Go, right? They struggle with letting go. I know on my resume, I don't tell people I have a theater chemistry degree. I say I have a Bachelor of Science but I never say my major anymore because it's no longer relevant and I have to let that go. And it's the hardest thing with some of my clients about saying some of the work that you did in the past, no matter how great it was, some of the training that you've received, no matter how phenomenal it is, if it's not relevant to the goal, especially if you're trying to change job titles, you're trying to change industries, you're trying to change um, any part of your job, then sometimes you have to let things go. Right. Yeah. And you have to figure out how to, as you said, maximize what you have done. Because you, I find that sometimes people too want to let go of everything and look like they're brand new, never done anything. And that doesn't work either, right? You have to know what is going to translate and and do the work to translate it because you can't just start over. Uh, well, I guess you can start over if you want to, but most people don't want to stand start over, right? They want to take that information of what they've done before and leverage it. And you can't leverage it if you don't know how to communicate it. Mm -mm, not at all. Yeah. So we are going to take a short break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk more about how you can convince that hiring manager that you can do the job 
and especially in that interview, you know, we've talked a little bit about how you do it in the resume, but we're going to talk a little bit more about how you can do that convincing because the hiring manager really does need to know that you can step in tomorrow and do this new job. Mm -hmm. We'll take a short break and we'll be right back in just a few minutes. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Redis is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Hello, and welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we're talking with Madeline Mackey, career activator about how you can make a career transition. So Madeline, we were talking a little bit about the importance of translating what you've done into the language of the future hiring manager, and then making sure that you're connecting the dots, as well as getting rid of some of that information that isn't relevant or reframing it, rewording it. We always call it writing to the future at the Resume Mm -hmm. Writing Academy so that you're really communicating that future piece. So what is the best way or what what would we add about convincing the hiring manager that you can do the job even when you've never held the title? I think it's going to be so important when you get that interview that right off the bat when they ask you that tell me about yourself question that you have practiced a very succinct, relevant answer that solves their problem. And I, I like to break it down into four parts, the who, the what, the where, and the wow. Who are you? What is your expertise? Where have you worked that's, or what type of projects you worked on that's relevant? And then what is your wow factor? So the who are you? Again, I love what you said, writing to the future, speaking to the future. So whatever the job is for the future, that's who you're going to be. And whatever um, education you have that backs you up. So when I was transitioning to be a career coach, I was able to say, I'm a career management professional with training from the National Resume Writers Association and the Career Thought Leaders Academy. I didn't, again, I didn't talk about my chemistry degree. I didn't talk about my theater trainings or my business continuity trainings. I talked about the trainings that were going to be relevant. And then the expertise, what? What is your expertise? Focus on that job description. Just like we talked about earlier, the things you highlighted of the things you know how to do, that's the expertise you're bringing to the table. Now, the where you have worked can be a little tricky because the where 
can be like if you if you're trying to transition, if you've never worked in that industry, how can you convey that you have that experience? And think about projects you've worked on that's relevant to that type of experience and talk about the projects. So you can say, in my last role, I worked on projects that were very similar to the tasks that I'm going to have to do with your company. And the wow is the impact you receive. And I like to call the wow the breadcrumb, like telling them, I helped plan a global event for over 2,000 people. I helped um, launch a new strategy that helped increase productivity, or I helped generate revenue. Those things, that problem that they're trying to solve, what is the impact you've had on solving that type of problem as your wow? Because if you lay that breadcrumb just right in that tell me about yourself answer, their very next question is going to be, tell me more about that project. And now you can go into talking about projects that are relevant to the job you're applying to. Wow, I love that. And that also helps people have some structure to that answer. Um, I've got a funny story around that, but we'll, uh, maybe I'll circle back around to that later. Because that answer can be challenging for people. They can go off uh, off script. They can cause some trouble for themselves mm-hmm. in answering that question. And the answer to that question is great, not just for an interview, but it also is talking points you can use in networking situations and so many other things. So I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Now, when people are um, you know, going further in the interview, any other tips that you would share uh, to make sure that they're continuing to draw those connections throughout the rest of the interview? I think the best thing anyone can do for an interview is to research, research, and research that company. So really spend some time looking at their website, their annual reports, their press releases, looking at the people that work there on LinkedIn to get an understanding of who are they, what are their services and products, who are their customers, and then what problems are they trying to solve? Because again, the whole interview is going to be based on you trying to solve that problem. And then, oh, here's the biggest thing. Now you've researched the company. Make sure to spend quality time analyzing that job description. So with all of my clients, I provide them with a worksheet, an Excel document, that that we take that job description and we copy each of the bullets from the job description in its own cell in the spreadsheet. And then I have them write what's called a star story. What was the situation? What was the task? What were the actions you took? And what were the results? We write star stories not based on a Google search of best situational-based questions in an interview. We write star stories based off of the bullets from the job description. So if the job description says, in this role, you will collaborate with multiple departments, then we'll write a star story about give an example of collaborating with multiple departments. If it says researching, you know, in this role, you will be researching public policy give an example of you researching public policy. And we prepare and prepare and prepare those star stories, situation tasks, action results, until they come out very naturally and conversationally and very confidently, because I think that's the last bit of the recipe. Not only do you have an answer to their biggest problem, but you sound very confident in your answers and in your response. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I also recommend that people um, do the writing it out and practicing. And and I know a lot of people say, oh, just do bullet points. And I really like people to have told the story before. They don't necessarily maybe memorizing the whole thing, but they've told the story a couple of times before. They've heard themselves tell it. They've, they've really gotten that down. And I'm guessing that some of that uh, comes from your experience as a professional speaker, because we know professional speakers don't get up with bullet points. They get up with a, a speech that they have practiced and rehearsed to the point where it sounds natural, even mm-hmm. though it's fairly memorized. Exactly. Exactly. And, and here's the best thing about some of these interviews these days. They're virtual. So I tell people, you know what? If you practice ahead of time, 
But sometimes, you know, we step into an interview and we totally forget everything we've practiced. It's like all of our information just flows right out of our head the minute we start that Zoom meeting or that Teams meeting. So I tell them, put some post-it notes around your monitor, just some keywords. So if they ask this question, you know it's this story. And if it's this question, it's this story. So that you're not scrambling in your brain trying to remember it. But if you've practiced it enough, as soon as you know which story you're going to tell for which scenario, it's just going to start to flow. And I also tell them, use the words situation, task, action, results. The situation was, the tasks were, the actions I took, and the results we achieved because that's gonna keep you on track and it's gonna make sure that you're concise. Yeah, I love that. It's again, it's a structure, it's a process that helps people walk through the story with you um, instead of just being lost. <laughs> yes, exactly. So tell me a little bit about kind of going back to the beginning of our conversation, we talked about how people can look at the skills and figure out what they want, you know, what they might want to do. But I know that this is scary, right? It's, it's scary to do something new. So how do people know if it's going to be the right fit for them? Oh, I, how many times do we hear that from a client? I'm looking for a job that's a right fit. There's a couple of ways to figure it out before you sign on the dotted line and start at the new job. So for each of my roles, before I actually had a paid position, I did a volunteer position. So I volunteered in theater. I volunteered with the Red Cross and I volunteered to do career coaching and resume writing um, at a employ employment center for about three months before I actually invested in being a career coach. So the first thing I recommend for anybody is see if there's a way you can gain some experience doing that type of work um, before you signed on the dotted line. Also taking any types of training, um, taking training in resume writing, taking training in business continuity, taking training in how to be a stage manager. That helped me think about it um, academically, but it also gave me some tools to be like, okay, is this something that I want to do? And the third thing is to associate with associations. So I join, I love associations. And before I do any of my career transitions, I went and found the association of those professionals and I spent time with them. So I went to their meetings. I didn't necessarily join the association at first, but a lot of them have, you know, that you can go to their meetings, you can attend their uh, uh, workshops, and I would do those types of things so I could get a sense of is this the right direction for me? Is this my tribe? Are these my people? And I set up informational interviews. I spoke to so many resume writers before I launched my resume writing business to say, you know, how do you do it? What's your story? How do you find clients? How do you build a website? How do you do your finances? Like I asked so many questions. So if anybody is thinking about doing a career transition, um, those are kind of the steps that I would recommend. First of all, get some experience um, doing it as a volunteer. Get some training. And then finally, find that association. Find your tribe. Spend time with them. I know with one of my career transitions, I actually thought I wanted to be a facilitator, um, that I wanted to facilitate strategic plans for organizations. And I went through a facilitation course. And after I finished that course, I went, nope. This is not the right fit for me. This is not the right direction. So with very little investment, you can find out, is this the right space for me to move into? Right. And I know that the people talk about job shadowing, which you've talked about, mm -hmm. uh, volunteering. And I once had someone come to my office and they said, oh, I think I want to be a pharmacist. And I said, well, you know, what, <laughs> what led you to that decision? What do you, how have you done this? And they said, oh, you know, I've just done a little research online and this is what I think I want to do. I said, well, have you talked to anybody that does that? Well, no. Mm -hmm. Well, let's start uh, there, right? And the yeah. shadowing and those things, I call it a career research conversation. Find somebody that's doing that thing you want to do. Professional associations are a great way to find those folks and just talk to them about what they've done, what they do, how they get into it, what do they like about it, and maybe most important. Importantly, what do they not like about it? I always told my clients, you don't want to find, you know, all the most rosy Mary sunshines. You want to find some people who will tell you some of the negatives about it because you want to know, are those negatives 
deal breakers for you. And so starting with kind of that career research conversation, shadowing, volunteering, before you make all of that effort into the new role. And of course, as you said, then the benefit is you've already got some toes in the water if you decide that's the best fit for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and especially, I love what you said, through the association, find those mentors because they've already gone through the maze. They've already figured out some things and they can give you some shortcuts and tips to make your transition, transition smoother and easier. Right. So, Madeline, um, where would you recommend someone start if they're overwhelmed by the idea of making a career change, they're unhappy with what they're doing, what's the first step that they can take? I think getting help and talking to a professional, a career coach, a career consultant, talking to someone to figure out, you know, to just kind of unload your brain. Because I know when I was going through all of my career transitions, it was a little overwhelming. And I was unhappy with what I was doing. I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do next. I was struggling. And it really helped when I sat down and spoke with a career counselor to say, here's where my head's at. Because we're trained to ask questions to help kind of clear the chaos and to give you the next step. You know, we're not going to, you know, this is a career transition is the journey of a thousand steps. And sometimes it helps if someone says, okay, but here's the next three steps. Let's not worry about step 658 yet. Let's start with step number one, step number two, and step number three. And I think working with a career professional um, can really help you get a little bit of clarity of which direction to take your career transition. Yeah. And do you have um, a place where people can find you and follow the things that you're doing? Absolutely. They can find me on at MadelineMackey.com is my website. And the best social media platform to find me on is, of course, LinkedIn. So Madeline Mackey on LinkedIn or MadelineMackey.com is my website. Um, people can connect with me. I offer a 30-minute consultation, complimentary consultation to help them figure out the first three steps to activate their career dreams. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Madeline, and we look forward to um, checking out. I know my, my listeners will go and check out some of the things you've done to understand better how they might how they might work with you. We're going to take a short break. We're going to say goodbye to Madeline. Thank you so much for sharing all your expertise with us. And when we return, I'm going to tell you a few other career change stories, and I'm also going to give you some questions that you want to ask when you're looking to hire a career services provider so that you make sure you find someone that's the best fit for you. We'll take a short break and we'll be back in just a few minutes. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Hello and welcome back to The Career Confidant. And we're glad that you're joining us here today. We were talking with Madeline Mackey about career change. And one of the points that I love that she made was preparing your answer to tell me about yourself. And the structure that she gave for you was who, what, where, and wow. So who are you? What have you done? Where have you worked? And then that wow factor that's going to really connect with the company. And I didn't want to take up Madeline's time with this story, but when I first started in this business, I was working at a halfway house helping a group of women who had been justice involved and were looking to get back into the the workforce as they were transitioning out of the facility. And we were doing this interview preparation stuff. And like I said, it was my first day, but it was close. And we were going to do an exercise around, tell me about yourself. And I just laid it out there for him, you know, let's write up your answer and practice. Tell me about yourself. No structure, no further guidance. Um, I may have said that we were practicing for interviews at the beginning, but it it went anyways, it was a very open-ended exercise. And so what ended happening is that the women started to tell their stories of kind of their origin story around how they got into the justice system. And although those stories very powerful and interesting and somewhat dramatic at times, probably not the story you want to tell in an interview. And this is where I learned like, hey, we need some structure around this, right? And although most of me, you know, maybe you haven't been justice involved, people do this to themselves in other ways. They start talking about jobs that are completely unrelated. They start start talking about their past in a way that shows they're not qualified. Sometimes they even start talking about bad experiences they've had right out of the gate. We don't want to do that. We want to have an answer prepared for this question that is relevant. Every single last bit of information that you are going to share in this answer is connected to how you've researched the company. So even if you're going to share some stuff about you, some hobbies, some interesting things, those are great. They need to be connected in some way to the organization, the things they volunteer with, things that might be interesting to the other people on the interview panel, because guess what? You'll have interest, you'll have researched them before you go in. You want to talk about the professional you. That's what they're asking about. Tell me about your professional self And I always like to throw in there why you want to work here because they may not ask it that way, but that's really what we want to do is connect the dots. Who are you professionally and why do you want to work here? This job, this role, this company. So whatever it is that you want to say about that is going to be thought thought out before you get there. What are your best connection points to this company? both maybe kind of hobby and interest wise, as well as deep, you know, this is the majority of the answer, the professional connections. What have you done that relates to this job? Where have you been? And how is that going to connect to this job? And then what are some of this similar types of challenges that you've solved or other kind of interesting, hopefully valuable connections that you can make between what you've done now and what you want to do in the future. And that's really where we're looking to make those connections. I like the past, present, future. So in my past, I've done this right now. I'm looking to do that. And I'm really excited about the opportunity to work here to learn X or to do X or to help do this. And that again, has got to be done with your research so that you're connecting the dots 
throughout the whole interview. And Madeline gave you, you know, great example of going into a new interview and connecting the dots from what she'd done before into that future job. And that's why we want to do the preparation. We really want to know what stories you're going to tell, what language you're going to use, because it matters, right? If you're walking into a medical device company and all you've ever done before is printer parts, you don't want to be talking printer part numbers. You want to be talking about product management or sales, more focused on the role but maybe also talking about that you've worked in technology, you've worked in a large technology company. You're connecting the dots between what's relevant and decreasing the focus on those areas that aren't as relevant to the new audience that you're talking about, whether that's in your resume or LinkedIn profile, or as we were talking today in the interview or a networking meeting, right? Anytime you're talking to someone, it is best practice communication to really focus in on and use the language and examples and all of those choices that are really going to connect to that audience and not be overly general because that's going to get you in trouble and people are going to tune out or they're going to see you as not a fit. And people always say, how can I communicate that I'm a fit? Use their language. Avoid language that shows you're, you haven't been in that industry before. Use the role language, overemphasize that if you're staying in the same role, because you want to show people that that's what you've done and how it's relevant. And you really can't leave it up to them, right? You can't leave it up to someone else to, to connect those dots for you. And I like to help people think about when they're at the very beginning of the career transition process. So Madeline talked a little bit about skills and looking at skills and what job titles use those skills. That's the what. So the what and the where are the two pieces I want people to have really thought out before they start doing their research. What skills do you really wanna use? And then what industries or types of companies do you wanna work in? And the more defined you can get in those two areas, the easier it will be to find people who've done what you wanna to do, to find people to talk to. And that skills area, you know, you can think of these are the skills I want to use. What roles get to use those skills? I could do some general searches, not necessarily looking for open jobs, right? We're just looking for which jobs use those skills. This is a great place to involve your support circle, the people that know, like, and trust you, that want to help you. They don't know how. Ask them, you know, who do you know that gets to do a lot of this at work? Who do you know that gets to do a lot of, you know, strategic work in this area or gets to do a lot of writing, but maybe isn't a, you know, writer? Or who do you know that gets to do a lot of teaching, even though they're not a teacher? You can ask those questions and get people engaged in helping you. And then they're going to be there to help you with your research and to help you do the other parts of the process that Madeline was talking about. So the first step that Madeline recommended was having someone help you. And there's a lot of opportunity for you to get help these days. You can go to your, if you graduated from a university or community college, go and see what their services are for alumni. A lot of career services offices have expanded their services to alumni and you I, you know, check it out, see what they do, what is available for you. Even if that person can help you get started a few sessions, it'll be a great opportunity to use those student fees that you've already paid or perhaps a discounted rate. There's workforce centers if you're in the United States or other federally funded or locally funded offices that help people find work. They're called works offices or um, workforce centers here in the US where you can go and get someone to help you thinking about your career transition, or maybe they offer a class in career transition where you can go and take a class 
might help you figure out some of the building blocks that Madeline was talking about and really understand where you want to go next through their services. If you're looking for one-on-one -on -one help, I highly recommend a trained career coach. And there are several organizations that train career coaches. The International Coach Federation is a lot more focused on uh, life coaching and business coaching. They do have some career focus, but not a terrible amount. So I'll, you could look at the International Coach Federation, but I'd be careful about career coaches, life coaches in general. Do not get training in career, the career transition process. You know, Madeline and I were talking about how it is a process. There are steps and life coaches frequently don't have that training. There are organizations that train people specifically in career. The National Career Development Association is one of them, ncda.org, Career Thought Leaders Consortium, of course, of which I'm the, the CEO. We train career services providers. We have several options to find trained career services providers on careerthoughtleaders.com. You also have organizations uh, like Resume Writing Academy, if, if you've got your career transition figured out, but you need help with the translation bit, Resume Writing Academy can help you find a trained resume writer. We have organizations in Canada, you know, the Career Professionals of Canada and Australia, the Career, Pro no, yeah, Career Professionals Association of Australia. So no matter where you are, there's likely a career professionals organization in the UK. It's called Career Directors International. Um, so there's an opportunity to talk with someone who has specific training in the area of career development, career transition, career change. We have, actually have a certification at Career Thought Leaders that's called the Career Transition Coach, specifically giving people training on that area. If you go to careerthoughtleaders.com, you will find a job seeker resource area where it says hire career help. And on that page, you'll see some options of career services providers, but you'll also see some questions that you want to ask for getting better information, understanding if this is the best person for you to work with. So what do they specialize in? Do they specialize in career transition, in job search, in interview coaching? Some people do cover a lot of those areas and that's fine as long as they have a process and, and training or experience in those areas. Some people spe specialize in one area or another. What experiences do they have working with people similar to you? So, how have they helped someone who's like you? And do their success stories, even on their website, sound like people like you? So that you can find people with the expertise you want, interviewing, job search, career transition, who've worked with people in your similar situation. Now, I'd be careful that you don't need someone who is an expert in IT or an expert in Silicon Valley. Unless you're really specifically job searching in those areas, there could be some helpful information there. If you are looking to make a career change, I would find someone who is an expert in the career transition process. They are going to be able to be your guide through that process, almost no matter what you're transitioning from and to because they are an expert in the process, not the industry. And there's some pros and cons to having people who are expert in the industry, right? They might give you information that could be helpful or it could be, uh, you know, tunnel vision. So you want to talk to a few people. You may talk to some people who are experts in the industry. You may talk to some people who aren't and see what you think in terms of their skills of being your guide through this career exploration process or through the job search process 
depending on where your focus is right now. I guess that brings us back to you really understanding what is it that you're needing help with? Are you still not clear on the exact job titles that you want to go for? Then getting someone that can help you get that clarity first will be so much more powerful than thinking you're going to jump straight ahead to the resume. You write six resumes because you don't know what you want to do and you've spent all that money or time or both working on those documents instead of really getting focused before you take that step. If you're focused and you have two to maybe three job titles that you're targeting and you're pretty clear on the industries or locations or defining characteristics of the companies that interest you, then getting someone to help you with your resume LinkedIn profile, really making sure that those are clear, not just about what you've done, but how you're different and how that difference adds value. What is it about that difference that is going to bring something of value to the company? Because you can tell me some cool stories about where you've worked and what you've done, but if they're not connected to my pain points, it's not going to matter. People will say, oh, that's a neat story. Who's next, right? Because they want someone that doesn't just have a neat story, but that that story shows how that they can come in and solve their problem tomorrow, come in and add value tomorrow, come in and do the job well tomorrow. And if your document's not connecting those dots, and communicating that right off the bat, you'll have a hard time rising to the top and getting through the pile to that person that gets the interview. So when you're thinking about that job search process, is it the job search or maybe you're getting interviews but you're not getting the offers, then you might look for someone, of course, who specializes in that interview coaching area. CareerThoughtLeaders.com, Job Seekers is on the menu at the top. Under that, you'll see Hire Career Help, where you can find a career services provider who is a good fit for you. If you are thinking about making that career transition, if you have other questions that we can answer, I'd be happy to answer them here on the show, bring on a guest that might be able to answer them. Marie at careerthoughtleaders.com is how you can reach out to me. And again, if you're looking for a resume writer, resumewritingacademy.com is going to be your place to search for a trained and certified resume writer who can help you tell your story in your language so that you can shine to those future hiring managers while also, of course, using their language. We're going to call it a day for today. We will see you next week. We've got another great guest coming on next week to talk about your career and how you can take control of your career. We'll see you next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional